Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. to the Explaining History podcast and in this episode uh, we're going to look back at the Spanish Civil War again and examine Franco's march on Madrid in 1936. Just to give you a little bit of context here for those that are less familiar with the war um, you can check out the previous podcasts I've done on it in the last few weeks but following the airlift from North Africa, from uh, Morocco, provided by Hitler, Franco and the army of Africa was able to return uh, from uh, a rather ill-advised exile imposed by the Republican government to mainland uh, Spain. Franco and his fellow generals had launched their coup in North Africa, it was the only place realistically that it could happen where there were sufficient numbers of troops uh, that were uh, sufficiently disloyal to the Republic. And had it not been for Hitler's intervention, the coup may well have died out in North Africa. But Hitler's airlift, taking 15,000 troops um, across to Spain, uh, landing in Andalusia, made the uprising a serious threat to the Republican government. The advance of Franco's forces came broadly from the south and the west, uh, moving eastwards from the border with Portugal, where there had been a considerable amount of cooperation and uh, assistance from the dictatorship in Portugal. Um, And it was explicit on the part of Franco that it was a military dictatorship that he would be imposing upon Spain. As his forces moved across the country, the various disparate uh, nationalist, Catholic and fascist movements formed together into one political force behind Franco, which also incorporated uh, the various monarchist factions that were still a significant political force within Spain. These uh, worked together and uh, banded together in the uh, Bando Nacional, or the Nationalist Faction. Um, Just as uh, the British Union of Fascists 
had been an agglomeration of smaller fascist groups under the banner of one uh, fascist organisation. And in some ways, Nazism was not entirely dissimilar as the uh, movement that Hitler created in the South, in Bavaria, was actually joined in the 1920s by almost autonomous Nazi uh, organisations that had developed largely independently of Hitler himself from uh, across the rest of Germany. Fascism and fascisms seem often to be kind of flotillas of fellow travellers who uh, come under banners of uh, convenience uh, where there is a broad spread of very similar race, racial, nationalistic, violent, militaristic, authoritarian views with certain um, subtle differences as to kind of uh, post-revolution and post-coup uh, economic and social plans, though these are largely cosmetic. And of course Franco drew directly from the success of Mussolini and Hitler, um, his slogan, one fatherland, one state and one chief, was of course directly derived from uh, the Nazi Ein Volk, Ein Reich, Ein Führer. And there's a reason for this, that uh, fascism in general follows um, particularly the three key European fascisms of Italy, Germany and Spain, had uh, a great deal in common in terms of their uh, operating ideas. The problems of the present could always be explained not only by uh, an, an evil external or internal enemy, but by the idea that a once great and glorious people had, through a corruption of their values or some kind of racial corruption, fallen by the wayside and lost touch with that which was great and glorious about them. The uh, Spanish fascism looked back to the glories of uh, the Spanish Middle Ages, um, to the uh, twin kingdoms of Aragon and Castile, and the union of the two crowns and the uh, expulsion of both Jews and Muslims from Spain. Just as Italian fascism looked back to the uh, imagined glories of the Roman Empire and German fascism looked to these rather kind of mythologised Germanic Middle Ages of uh, Teutonic Knights, castles along the Rhine and the uh, Norse and Nordic dramas as portrayed in the Ring Cycle and Ragnar and all that kind of thing. So looking into the past to find the answers there to the problems of the present, normally um, very romantic, uh, militaristic and uh, authoritarian answers that could be applied to the complexities of the present dealing with the uh, economic and uh, social and political crises of the early 20th century. Of course, there's nothing in the past that can really address the uh, threat of communism. There's nothing in the past that can realistically address um, world economic crisis, and no, crisis of, of capitalism, uh, or any of the uh, modern 20th century dilemmas that um, faced nation-states in Europe in the 1930s, 
but these uh, visions of a, an untrammeled past, of a kind of a purer, uh, more rarefied uh, sense of, of people and identity, these are wildly popular, perhaps because of their simplicity and perhaps because of their implied rejection of modernity and the challenges that modernity brought with it. The irony, of course, is that all fascisms, uh, Spain included, used the tools of modernity from aircraft to radios to uh, modern propaganda techniques and all the power of modern mass production. And here we can see the kind of ideological incoherence at the heart of fascism. When Franco thought about the past, um, he was convinced that the war that he was fighting was really a war on behalf of traditional Spain, Catholic Spain, against um, the increasingly secular world. And just like Hitler, um, Franco associated um, modernity, secularism and um, modern thinking with this kind of rather strange and um, concocted idea of, of it being Jewish Marxism. Um, the conflation of Judaism and the Jewish people and Marxism was uh, central to the conspiratorial thinking of most European fascists. What was curious about Spain, uh, a country where there were virtually no Jews at all, having all been expelled many centuries beforehand, was that anti-Semitism lingered as a powerful force within Spanish uh, fascist thinking. The forces that Franco wished to return to power were the uh, power of the army, the church, the landed estates, and finally, and this was the most preposterous of all, Spain's uh, overseas empire in South America. There was obviously no chance whatsoever that this would be restored, but it didn't mean that it couldn't be a popular rallying cry to um, the fascist movement and to those fellow travellers who supported it. The destruction of the entire infrastructure of uh, democratic life in Spain would be obviously integral to that whole process. Uh, the end of elections, um, the end of any other political party other than the national bloc, uh, the destruction of trade unions, would be accompanied by uh, mass terror and it would be a largely class-based mass terror uh, that saw the peasants and the Spanish working class bear the brunt of mass killing, torture, rape and arbitrary execution. The extent to which the Catholic Church had become complicit in the crimes of uh, Franco and the fascist right is really quite revealing. It was the Jesuit movement in Spain and the Catholic hierarchy in Spain that were most, uh, the most overtly politicised, reactionary and committed to supporting the generals. Um, Jesuit priests were more than happy to uh, publish the anti-Semitic tract, uh, the uh, anti-Semitic forgery, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. These were serialised in Jesuit publications and Franco promised to return 
control over key parts of public life to the church, Franco's dictatorship would enable a wholesale assault on women's rights, particularly the right for divorce. Um, any uh, educational uh, improvements and changes under the Republic were undone, particularly those which challenged uh, notions of um, Christian doctrine and the prayer to the Virgin Mary uh, would be led by teachers on a daily basis. Franco um, encouraged bishops, and they were not um, reticent to do this, to join in the uh, fascist salute, and the church was uh, a site, and the churches were across Spain, were sites for book burnings, um, books that uh, were considered politically or scientifically uh, contrary to church doctrine, to Christian doctrine, uh, were torched. In Adam Hochschild's book, um, Spain in Our Hearts, which is an account of uh, Americans in the Spanish Civil War, um, really excellent read, um, much like uh, Unlikely Warriors by Richard Banksall on the, the British uh, volunteers in Spain. He wrote that uh, Cardinal um, Isidro Goma, who was the Archbishop of Toledo, and primate of all of Spain, um, said that the war in Spain was a clash of civilization with barbarism and that the nationalists were bravely fighting dark societies controlled by the Semite International. Um, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So this was an idea that was deep-rooted in the nationalist assault across Spain, the idea that the Republic had brought Christian civilization in Europe to the brink of destruction, and that only through this bloodthirsty campaign of mass murder across Spain could Christianity within the country be salvaged at all. There are numerous accounts of priests engaging in war crimes, the execution of prisoners, uh, burying prisoners alive, 
um, executing people in confession booths, um, this kind of thing. And so it shows you how far the Catholic Church at really every level had become entwined with the murderous behaviour of the Franco regime. To give you a, a kind of uh, comparison, when you look at the two concordats, uh, the Italian and the Nazi-German concordat, there was a, a complicity with the regime. But bear in mind, by 1937, as Hitler had broken his promises to the Catholic Church, the uh, Pope had made the papal encyclical uh, with burning concern, mit de soldier, which had been smuggled across Germany and had been a uh, source of immense outrage to Hitler. And you can find out more about that story on the podcast I did, it must have been last year sometime, on um, the um, Concordat and uh, Hitler and the Catholic Church. But that was 1937. We're talking about 1936, so roughly a similar time period there was a cooling of relations between the Vatican and Hitler. Uh, and yet, in Spain, um, a seemingly far more autonomous hierarchy of priests, bishops, archbishops, um, was able to interpret its role in the Civil War and its relationship to fascism in an entirely different and far more violent way. Franco made no secret of his plans to raise Madrid to the ground. The pace of um, nationalist advance was so rapid that in one instance, Francisco Lago Caballero, um, the Prime Minister of the Republic, um, he rang the commander of Ilescas, which was uh, 20 miles southwest of Madrid, and when he got through, he found himself talking to the nationalist general that had seized the town. Taking Madrid was a symbolic act for Franco. Uh, firstly, it would have dealt the Republic an almost fatal blow, but it was also obviously the Republic's capital, and seizing it would have shown that the coup was all but over. In November 1936, um, the front line becomes the outskirts of Madrid itself. Reasonably poorly trained, um, poorly led, low morale Republican soldiers um, began to panic, drop their weapons and flee when their, the first artillery shells began to pour down onto the city. And they have to be um, stopped in a rather Soviet fashion of officers uh, pointing pistols at them in order to get them back to the front line. The government assumed that the city was lost and began to pull back to Valencia. Um, the shortages of ammunition and food supplies uh, meant that uh, government departments loaded up onto a long convoy of trucks and transports and uh, drove to Valencia sufficiently far, a long way away from the front line. And as the government pulled out, refugees poured in. It was a standard tactic um, of the Nazis in the Second World War 
but learned in Spain that where flows of refugees went, so went chaos with them and the need to um, provide for them in a humanitarian manner, um, and this meant this hampered the ability of fighting forces. The loss of uh, important areas of uh, farmland to the nationalists, the flow of refugees, uh, the lack of supplies, meant that the potential for famine in Madrid was great. Anything and everything was done to try to stop the nationalist tanks. Streets were torn up, um, paving stones were turned into mountains of, uh, well, mountains of paving stones were turned into barricades. Um, there was, uh, the city is essentially turned into one giant battlefield in the anticipation that the nationalists will break through. As refugees flooded into the city, uh, they brought with them stories of uh, atrocities that the uh, Franco forces were arbitrarily killing uh, peasants and workers and militiamen that they had captured in large numbers. But there was also Republican killing and Republican terror within Madrid. The Republicans feared uh, spies within the city, and there were indeed um, numerous nationalist spies within the city. The nationalist general Mola um, claimed that there were four columns of troops attacking Madrid, and that there was a fifth column. This is where the term comes from, a fifth column of uh, hidden supporters within the city. Whether there was or not, it's, um, or, or there were insufficient numbers for Mola's boast to um, be meaningful, um, is, is in doubt. However, it worked in terms of whipping the city up, and particularly the Republican uh, government in the city, in, or the Republican military authorities anyway, into a, a sufficiently paranoid state uh, that they began to arrest and execute those who were suspects. When German and Italian bombing raids on Madrid uh, were successful and managed to uh, hit Republican targets or civilian areas, it was widely assumed that it was nationalist spies that, was, that were guiding the bombs to their targets. This may have been the case in some instances, but undoubtedly it wasn't in others, as we know now about aerial bombardment in the 1930s and 40s, is a fairly hit-and-miss uh, affair, um, and there is a high degree of inaccuracy to most of it. Two days after the Republican government moved to Valencia, the international brigades arrived. These, as you know, we've talked about this before, were volunteers from across Europe and America and various other parts of the world, the majority of whom were actually French. Uh, there were exiles from Nazi Germany, there were volunteers from Great Britain and from America, Poland and exiles from Italy too. The cheer that went up from the crowds though was invariably Viva Russia. Um, and the belief was that these were Russian volunteers and the, the, the crowd would be forgiven for thinking that as these were men who were by and large organised by Comintern. But the main Soviet contribution to the defence of Madrid came from the actual supplying of military hardware. Tanks and fighter aircraft and uh, fighter uh, crews and tank crews to operate them uh, were sent. The uh, dogfighting over Madrid was visible 
um, German Italian planes were fought, um, and Spanish planes, obviously Spanish nationalist planes, um, were fought uh, in the air by Soviet fighter aircraft. This was the first time that Soviet and uh, German pilots would have dogfought with one another. Um, the uh, I-116 uh, monoplane, the Mosca, as it was nicknamed by uh, Spaniards, um, was uh, technically superior to most of the aircraft that it faced uh, in, uh, in the skies over Spain. Um, this technical superiority wouldn't last in the end. The Germans are quite able to innovate far beyond uh, the Russians. But it gives you an impression, as um, foreign onlookers, um, the fellow traveller, journalists and intellectuals who were in Spain, and ordinary Spaniards uh, within Madrid would have been forgiven for thinking that um, the Soviets presented a real, powerful, credible threat um, to fascism and were able to take on fascists uh, in the skies. Um, unfortunately, obviously for Russia by 1941, this turns out not to be the case, but that's, I guess, a kind of a different story. Without the international brigades, but mainly without the uh, arrival of direct intervention from the Soviets, uh, Madrid would have fallen very quickly. Franco announced that he would destroy Madrid uh, rather than leave it to the Marxists, he said. And a news report at the time uh, of the bombing of Madrid read rather like this. There is nothing so harrowing and so criminal in all the world. Um, this is from Louis Fisher, the American radical journalist. I was riding in an automobile just before two o'clock in the afternoon when I noticed people running, suddenly there was a crash, and before one could think, a mountain of smoke rose above a five-storey building down the street. We turned the corner. There was another deafening bang, and the bricks of the cornices mixed with wooden glass, separated from a huge apartment, uh, from a huge apartment house, and fell across our path. A military motorcyclist asked for my car to transport the wounded. He was commandeering all automobiles for this purpose. Presently, they began to return with people who'd lost limbs or parts of their faces. From the lower floors of bombed houses, women, old men and little children started to creep out. All was white, white hair, white faces, white clothes, powdered by crumbling plaster. A wrinkled old woman, wrapped in a blanket, every feature of her face trembling uncontrollably, stood on the pavement, dazed, and asked repeatedly, where can I go? Ultimately, in uh, November 1936, Franco fails to take Madrid, and it's only almost hand-to-hand -hand fighting with the international brigades and obviously the um, intervention of Soviet air power that prevents this. Finally, Franco would take Madrid in 1939, but we will uh, return to look at the fate of Madrid and the rest of uh, Franco's campaign in Spain and the desperate battle that the Republic has for survival uh, in uh, forthcoming podcasts. Anyway, I hope you find this useful and um, I'm going to be uh, talking some more over the weekend on my normal uh, eclectic range of topics and that kind of thing. 
Thanks for everyone that's supported me recently. Uh, we've had massive response to the podcast and lots of really, really cool stuff and really, really interesting messages from people. So keep it coming. I want everyone to be involved in these debates and discussions um, because, as I've said before, this is your podcast and not necessarily mine. Anyway, take it easy and I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.